Hello, everybody. Radio. Welcome to Trundle Bed Tales. Travel Times episode, and tonight we are going to be talking Amtrak with Shelly Schultz. And um, I'm going to just take a second here and say hi to Shelly before I do the house cleaning because I didn't get a chance to do that before we went live. You're you're there, aren't you, Shelly? I am indeed. Okay, that's excellent. I'm going to just put <laughs> you back on hold for just a minute while we do a little house cleaning. And what we are coming up with for uh, future episodes, we've got one more firmly scheduled for a date, and that's going to be for this Sunday, and it's going to be at uh, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Central Time, 3 p.m. Mountain Time, or 2 p.m. Pacific Time. That's going to be our one-year anniversary episode, and we're going to do a roundup and wrap-up of what's been going on in Laura Ingalls Wilder fandom this year. And just as a peek ahead, I don't have a firm date yet, but in April, in honor of the Titanic centennial, we are going to have a lady who's written a book on her family's Titanic experience, and her entire family got off alive, which is an unusual thing. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, as always, if you want to call in and ask a question tonight, you can call in at 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253. Or toll-free 1-877-633-9389. That's 1-877-633-9389. Eight nine, and we also have a chat going on on the Blog Talk Radio page. For, uh, so if you want to ask a question that way instead, you can. And if you just want to listen, you can also call in on your phone that way. You don't have to necessarily have a computer. And if you miss an episode, you can always catch up either streaming on the website or at iTunes. And I think that's it for housekeeping for tonight. So that brings us back to frequent Amtrak traveler, Shelley Schultz. Welcome to the show, Shelley. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you coming on because I think you've traveled Amtrak more than just about anybody else that I know. <laughs> so I, I figure that you are the person to give us the lowdown on it. I'm, I'll be glad to. I'll do my best. Okay. So do you want to start out just telling us a little bit about yourself? Well, I um, have been working at the Kirkwood Library for oh, 26, 27 years now. I can't remember which. <laughs> and I, I, I like to travel. I like to do things. I I like to travel Amtrak. I, or at least I did, but that's another story. <laughs> we'll get into that later. <laughs> okay. How regular a passenger are you on Amtrak? 
I've been f- fairly regular. I um, my sister's lived out in Colorado since '86, and I've probably gone out there about 20 times in the last several years, and probably over half of them have been Amtrak. I I don't care to fly too much, so Amtrak's been my favorite way. Well, that's good. Um, so you do have other options. Is it just that you dislike flying? I mean, you could fly, you could drive. Why do you keep choosing Amtrak? What do you like about it? I I really do not like to fly. I had a, for me, what was a scary experience where I didn't think we were going to stop dropping in an air hole, <laughs> air pocket, and it just kind of did me in. That was on my first flight. and I'll travel by plane if I have to for work, but... If it's for uh, personal choice, I'd much rather go Amtrak. And I also don't like with the planes that you have to get to the airport so early and, you know, all the security checks, it's just it's a real pain. And I have a sleep apnea machine, and I don't like it that they have to use their little sniffer on that every time. It just kind of makes me uncomfortable that they're handling my machine. <laughs> and so... You know, and then there's all the baggage limits, and and now that they have all the baggage costs, that that's just another turnoff for me. So I've got all sorts of reasons for not liking um, flight and preferring to go Amtrak instead. And as far as not driving, well, I tend to be directionally illiterate, and driving is not a good choice for me. Long term. Now that I have a GPS, I could probably do it, but then there's the whole get tired of driving and, you know, being nervous around the other drivers. I'm not so afraid of what I'm going to do, but some people are just, they're so fast and way well, that's the speed true. Limit and, and that makes me nervous. One time uh, I was driving back from DeSmet, and this car ahead of us was veering all over the road. And when we finally got to a place we felt we could safely get around them, they were reading a book. Oh, well, my gosh. Yeah. I don't mean a book on tape. I mean an actual book is open yeah. on steering wheel. I've seen that and then the whole texting and, you know, the way people talk when they're on the phone when they're driving and they're distracted. Mm-hmm. They don't drive as well as they think when they're on the phone. So, you know, they're... I would just much rather take Amtrak with all those things factored in. Well, you you make a good argument. So <laughs> uh, let's say that our listener tonight has never done Amtrak before, which uh, actually I haven't, though several of my relatives have. So how do you get a ticket if you want to, to go by train? Well, um, the two ways that I've done it, um, I've called the 800 number that they have. And I didn't write that down. I don't have that on me, but that's pretty easy to find. And the other way is to just go out to their Amtrak.com. It's A-M-T-R-A-K.com with the www, of course, in front of it. And they make it real easy to go through and make your date choices and the train station choices that you want to utilize and... As far as registration, they really can't do much more to make it any easier than what they've already got it. And you can well, do it by credit card, you know, right into your bank card. Now, is that easy for a tech person or easy for anybody? I think it would be pretty easy for anybody. When I first did it, I was not techie. And I was kind of unsure of what I was doing, and I got through it pretty good. 
I just you know, took several notes to see what my options were for day and and you know day of the week and and whatnot to figure out what it was that I wanted. So um, let's. I don't. We've got people listening all over, but just for the heck of it, let's say our person is someone living in Eastern Iowa, where we are. Uh, where's the nearest Amtrak station? Well, living in Cedar Rapids, the one I go to is Mount Pleasant. And now that you know they've got the highways so well done, it's it's only about an hour and a quarter, hour and a half drive to get there, so it's not bad at all. Now, I know that I could also pick up, I think it's a Tumwa, but, and that one does have a nicer station, but we've got a history of family friends that are in Mount Pleasant. My parents always liked to drive me there. They didn't like my vehicle being parked outside, which wouldn't have bothered me at all. But um, they always had hunting friends and different friends they like to go up and visit at the same time. So we just kind of got into the routine of doing Mount Pleasant. Now that 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 station is a very old station, and I just learned this last trip that they're doing some work to try and um, make it historically accurate in oh. their renovations. So. Um, that's kind of neat, but, you know, as far as the railing and, you know, to get in, it kind of makes that harder the way they've done that. But um, last year I was out there when they were doing some work on the tracks and got some neat winter pictures of them working on the tracks. Oh. um, They are doing a lot of work at the Mount Pleasant one. I don't know how much it's going to do in the end with the renovations, but... It, it can use the work, and they're they're doing their best, I think. Well, that's always good to hear that they're mm-hmm. doing a little bit of investment in it. Yeah. So, so uh, d- uh, does traveling by Amtrak limit how you travel? Well, yeah, it does to the extent that you have to know what station you want to pick up at, and then you need to be willing to go with their time of day because they just make one stop going east that day and then one stop going west that day, I believe. I'm I'm not 100% positive on that, but the reason I'm thinking that is because every time I've wanted to pick up a train to go to Colorado, it's always been 6 o'clock. And it's coming from Chicago direction. mm -hmm. I I think you're right. It, It is that... So so that's a definite thing. And then, of course, mm-hmm. the train only travels where the track is. So. Exactly, yeah. And that is one of the things about Amtrak is they don't own their own tracks. I don't know that they own any of their own tracks. But it's freight that owns the tracks. So whenever freight wants to do anything, they have right-of-way. So Amtrak has to um, sometimes slow down or move off and get out of the way so that freight can have right-of-way on all the tracks, and that can slow things down a little bit. But well, um, And another... Hello? And we got to tour the... I'm sorry, Sarah. You've cut out for about a minute. I've missed quite a bit of what you said. 
Oh, okay. Uh, sorry, I warned you it might do that. Can you hear me now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, now okay. I can. Okay, good. Um, I got to, uh, with a class that I took through the uh, Geographic Alliance of Iowa a couple years ago, I got to tour the Union Pacific facilities out in Council Bluffs. And one of the points they made was that uh, for freight versus uh passenger traffic, you have to have a much smoother ride and the rails have to be in much better shape, especially if you're going to go fast. Because oh, they, that makes sense. So they have some special, um, almost kind of vanity cars that they use for special events, but they said they can't go very fast with them because the rails aren't being kept up to the level to, to go fast on, on with passengers. So I oh, thought that sure. was really interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So uh, how do you find the costs of traveling compare between flying and Amtrak? Is it a, a economical decision to make? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If you're wanting to sleep coach, you know, sleep in a chair that re- reclines back, then it's a whole lot cheaper. I think I could get out to Colorado from here in Cedar Rapids for about, I think it was $88 the last time or $98, somewhere in there. And that's just one way. So two-way, it's less than 200 for traveling to Colorado and back. And you certainly can't do that with airlines that I've ever experienced. Usually those are around four, five, or $600. And then yeah. even if you decide to go the route of getting a sleeper, I've still found it cheaper than flight. Well, that's that's good to know. My um, mm-hmm. when my brother had to go out to Colorado for something, driving and dropping off vehicles, they were just going one way, and they they found that Amtrak was cheaper coming back that way yeah. too. Yeah, and even if you're spending money on the train getting food, it's I still find it cheaper, and the food is certainly better than airline food. Mm. So when when you are taking an Amtrak trip. Do you stay on the train the entire time, or do you get off? Are they are there like scheduled stops where you can uh, get off the train and stretch, or are you just on the train the whole way? Well, I stay on the train the whole way, but that's because um, the people that do get off at some of the scheduled stops, Omaha's one of them, where people can get off and have their cigarette breaks. Um, they cannot do that at all the stops, so they take advantage of the ones that they can to get off and get their cigarette breaks. So I tend to stay away from that. I, the cigarette smoke bothers me. Um, and I've heard of people getting off for 24 hours and then, you know, getting back on again to continue their trip. They decide they want to stop over to town for some reason and then get off and then back on again. <laughs> Do you have to know that you're going to do that ahead of time? Yeah. Or is the train yeah, you have okay. to plan that in on your itinerary, yeah, that you're going to be doing that. Okay. Um, are there different levels of tickets? Yeah, there there are. Um, coaches, you can have a, a lower level or an upper level with coach, and I don't know that there's any price difference between those two. I've never investigated that, but they have five different rooms that you can um, book for the trip. They have a roomette that holds two adults. 
Then they have a bedroom that is slightly larger than the roomette that also holds two adults. Then they have a bedroom suite that will hold four adults and a family bedroom that holds two adults and two kids. Then they have an accessible bedroom that holds two adults. So I'm not quite sure what they meant by that, if that meant that you could have four kids in one room and the two adults in a connecting room. I'm not sure what they meant by that. I couldn't quite figure that out on the on the website. But that will increase your your trip costs a little bit depending on the size of room that you want to get, but in my experience it's it's been worth it. It has a it's still kept even with getting the room at on the way out and the way back, still been less than air flight travel. Hmm. And if you do book book uh, one of the roomettes, any one of the five, then your meals on the train are free in the diner car. Oh, that, that's that's built into the cost. Whereas if you do a coach sleeping arrangements, um, you can go eat in the dining car if you want to, but you have to pay for that. And I have always found the food to be good. I I've heard people complain that they think it's expensive, but I don't. I think it's comparable to what I would spend at um, some place like IHOP for breakfast or, you know, Applebee's or whatever for dinner. So, And it all depends upon what you want to get. They've got a whole variety of things. Last time my mom got a steak and I got um, crab cakes for dinner. And for breakfast we had pancakes or omelets, whatever we wanted. There was They even served grits there. Um, so there, there's quite a choice of what you can get, but it is nice. So uh, in in the rooms, are they like beds all the time, or are they chairs and they turn them into to beds? They're chairs at some and point? they turn them into beds. Now I only know about the little roomette because that's all I've ever done. But it has seating for two, and you face each other, and there's a little pull-out table that you can have if you want to for setting your coffee or bottled water on if you want. And then um, there's a, a another there's a, a bench up top that they pull down to give you the second bed in the roomette. Hmm. And I, I think all of the rooms have that capability where they pull down a, like an upper bunk and bring it down so that you can sleep in it. And then it has these... Um, I wouldn't call them seat belts, but the, there's these belts that will hold you in so you won't fall out of the upper bunk. It's to secure you in place. So uh, how much is it like traveling on trains in the movies? I don't think it's anything like that at all. In the old movies, they look real roomy and and... I don't know, just very extravagant wine glasses on the tables and all that kind of stuff. But in the dining car, everything is, well, I don't recall about the utensils. Those were metal, but the plates and the cups and all that are plastic. It's just, you know, more economical for them for cleanup. And, you know, of course, the plastic tablecloths or paper tablecloths that they can all just bundle up real quick and throw away and make room for the next passengers to come. So not too elegant, but no. uh, certainly a, a fun Very experience. Very functional. Yeah. Yeah, it is a fun experience. I would recommend anybody do it at least once in their lifetime. 
I so always for me, it's fun. We had a, my mom had a little picture book from when she was little that I read as a kid, and it was about taking a train trip in the 40s, and I so want to do that. <laughs> although, it, although it probably isn't the same now. Um, no, I don't think so. <laughs> so, um, so you said you eat in the dining car. Is that the mm-hmm. one place to eat, or are there options? Can you eat, you know, at the stations when they stop, or how does that? I don't, you know, when I go out to Colorado from here. Most of my time is spent sleeping on the train. I get on at six in the evening, and I. With luck, we'll arrive about 8 or 9 in the morning, so I'm spending most of that time sleeping. So if there are enough, if there's, you know, an eatery nearby, I don't know about it, but you'd have to make sure it was at a stop that they were going to be there for a while because most of the stops is just drop off, pick up, and go again. But there are some stops that are kind of their reloading stations, and Denver's one of them. And I'm not sure what all which locations they're actually their restocking stops. Okay. But you can also get on a there's a little snack car that you can go to, also where you go down below and you can get things like sandwiches or muffins, little snacky things. Oh, so they have one of each on the mm-hmm. train. Oh, well, okay. Now, uh, you said you kind of described how you sleep in the roomettes, but you you have slept in the coach chairs too? Yeah, I have done that a few times. And that I haven't had too much problem with that because they are a lot roomier than a plane and they are a lot roomier than a bus. And so they're real easy to get up and out of and they lean back and they're kind of like a little recliner. They, there's a little area for a lift for your feet to rest on. And they do, when you get on, they give you your ticket and they write where your destination is on it and put it above your seat. So if you move, you need to make sure you take that ticket with you. It's so that the car attendants can help you if you're one of the sleepers people, you know, sleeping in coach, they can help you get up in the night to get off the train at your appointed stop. Oh. They need to know where you're sitting at. Mm-hmm. So that's a handy little system that they've worked out over the years. Okay. So now the loaded question. What's the biggest problem you've had traveling Amtrak? <laughs> you know, until this Thanksgiving, I would have said I've never had a single problem at all other than the delays. But there was a bridge fire in Thayer, Iowa, and my train could not go from Mount Pleasant to where it needed to go. So they had to bus us from Mount Pleasant to Omaha. And they told us on the um, call that they gave us about, you know, the recorded phone call, that we would be getting to Omaha by midnight. Well, that didn't happen, and that the train would be there too. We didn't get to Omaha until about 1 o'clock in the morning, and that was with a bunch of confusion between the bus driver not knowing where he was going, and he did a couple of U-turns because he got lost, and, and just, you know, real confusion on his part. 
And then when we do get to the Omaha train station, it's not until 4.15 that the train shows up. And I really felt that given all the experience that Amtrak has with delays and different problems over the years, that they should have been able to give us a better estimate of the arrival time of the train or tell us what was going on or something. But even when we got to the Omaha station, there really wasn't any information other than the train is coming, it's coming. And we heard that until 4.15 in the morning when it finally arrived. But the way home was perfect. It was only 30 minutes later than planned getting back, and so that was one of their records in my book. (laughs) But, you know, so there are problems if there are delays. They can – they they did refund me my money from the portion between Mount Pleasant to Omaha, and yet they still bust us there. Hmm. At least they – at least they reimbursed me for the sleeper portion for that distance. And well, so, yeah, that was, at least I got that back. That was good. Mm-hmm. So are delays a big issue uh, on trips yeah. with Amtrak? Yeah, they really are. Because they're subject to freight having right-of-way, there have been times when, They'll get to Mount Pleasant, and they're only coming from Chicago, so it's not like they have a long ways to go. And there, there's, let's see, the the train starts at Ch- in Chicago, and five stops later is Mount Pleasant, and some they're oftentimes anywhere from 30 to 60 minutes late getting there. And then there's only been one or two times that we've actually arrived in Denver within an hour of the projected time. There's one time it was about four hours later. Goodness. Yeah. um, But, you know, it does have its good points because a few years ago there were these horrendous storms going on, the ice storms, and it was just awful. And where bus and plane were getting canceled or grounded, Amtrak was still going. Yeah, we were supposed to get on the train at 8 o'clock. We didn't get on until midnight, but, you know, they had to bring those trains through the mountains, and they had their big snow blowers on the front of trains clearing off the tracks. And so I felt pretty good about that, knowing that where other modes of transportation were not happening, train was. Well, so that, that is good. that is definitely a plus. Mm-hmm. Well, we have about three minutes left of the interview, so I just wanted to oh. ask, uh, do you have any special advice for someone taking their first trip on Amtrak? Yes. Um, take something to entertain yourself. You can have laptops, um, your iPods. Um, you can have any kind of electronics. The issue that it is on planes is not an issue on trains. Don't be in a hurry because you're probably not going to get somewhere on time. So if you're planning on you know, having a being somewhere at a certain time, give yourself a buffer by about a day. Just go with the flow. And you need to know the baggage rules because not all stations do checked luggage, like Mount Pleasant does not do checked luggage. And so for me, I can take two carry-ons, and for someone who's doing checked, they can have three checked bags. 
So you need to know your rules for your luggage. It is different from the airports, and you're not paying for each piece of luggage either. And they do have areas where they can stow your your luggage for you. So if you have a roomette, you don't have to worry about taking it up the stairs. You don't even have to take it up the stairs in coach. So it is a little bit nicer. Well, that certainly sounds like it. Yeah, yeah. Well, did you want you? I know you're doing a little research. Did you have time for maybe one of the facts that you uh, found? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, I, what I was fascinated by was that Amtrak um, uses over twenty-two thousand miles of the freight lines. I, I was just amazed by that, and they have. Uh, 33 routes that they do, with eight of them beginning and ending in Chicago. And there's only four states that Amtrak does not travel through. It's Wyoming and South Dakota. They do complete misses around those. And then Kentucky and Tennessee, they go along the eastern edges of those, with the stops being in Virginia and North and South Carolinas. So I thought that was really interesting. Yes. Well, uh, we've got about 30 seconds left. So thank you very much for joining us tonight, Shelley. I really appreciate you sharing your Amtrak experience. Well, you're welcome, and I hope I didn't say anything to discourage anybody. I think everyone should do it at least once in a lifetime. Well, I think that we everybody who hears you will definitely try it. I, I think I would like to now. So <laughs> thank you, and have a great evening. You too. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.